It's about what are we passing on to our next generation, right? It's about legacy. So today I'm going to share a very quick reflection as we transition to the next um, part of the service today. And um, just, I was sitting there and I was right in line with my sister Ty about, I was almost weeping, crying for the Lord saying, wow, God, look how, look how amazing you are. Look how amazing you are, Lord God, because we're doing what you want us to do, Lord God. You want us to teach our young people about you. So the word that came to me this week as I was praying, and I was praying about yesterday, the, the youth service that we had here and how the Holy Spirit took over this place. I feel like it's like I, I have like, this is like part two to what happened here yesterday. And um, as I was praying to God, God was talking to me about legacy. And then I started looking for the word legacy. I said, what is a legacy, right? We always hear the word legacy, and the world defines it a certain way. So when I started looking at the word legacy, and I started looking for examples, you know, some people, the young people always joke around. They tell me, um, you know, it's Google University. You just Google everything. And I said, no, sometimes you got to actually do a little bit of reading outside of Google because Google could confuse you sometimes. And when they started talking about legacy, it just talked about it's something that you pass from generation to generation. And a lot of the examples that I was seeing there was always, they were only talking about two different things, two things. It was about money, leaving money to the next generation, or property, right? That was, that was the only way. But then when I started thinking about what is the legacy that the Lord wants us to pass to our young people, it's about a gift, a gift that he gave to us on the cross by dying for us, right? And um, as I was there, and, and I kept on thinking about this word legacy, I was thinking about Moses, right? You know that a lot of us are reading the, the Bible in a year here. And that's a, if you're not doing it, it's not too late. I say jump on it. It's, it's, in a great, it's an amazing thing to do. And I thought about when God was talking to Moses and he was getting the people ready. Because he had to get them ready. They were going to go into a new land. And I went in Deuteronomy uh, 6, verses 5 and 7. And 5 is a verse that we all know. That we heard thousands of times, but we have to apply it. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. So that's right. We always stay there. But if, when we're talking about legacy and passing it on to our kids, then he gives us the instruction, right? Moses, God told Moses because he knew that we were going to be going, they were going to go into a new land. And the best way to pass our faith is from generation to generation. It's from the home, right? Your home, we have to take the things that we believe in and we have to make sure that we transfer that blessing that God has given us to the next generation. And, you know, verse 7, he goes really hard. And I was like, man, this is kind of tough when he's talking about impress them in your heart of your children. Talk about them when you, when you sit at home and when you, walk, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And what he's saying, that he's emphasizing the importance of us continually telling our kids about the word of God. Because we know that that's the way. I, I could tell you, I have, a, I have a, my mom is like a prayer warrior and my dad is a man who loves the Lord. That I've never probably seen someone who loves to read the Bible as much as my dad. And I can't tell you, just me observing them, my parents, when there was um, tight situations in my life where I had to make a decision that could have went left or right, 
I could always think about my parents and that word of just hearing my mother praying over my room. My mother praying when I'm sleeping, probably putting oil on me or something, anointing me. And, um, and, and, I, and I'm grateful for that. And why do we do that? Another verse that came to me too that I was reading, I was thinking about Timothy, right? Sometimes we always think about the, the relationship between Timothy and Paul. We think, okay, Paul must have been, Paul must have just told Timothy, hey, come on, be my disciple, roll with me. And we're just going to do all these different things. But Timothy, he already had a faith that was passed on to him. And Paul acknowledges that. When, we read, when we're reading um, uh, 2 Timothy verses 1 through 5, um, I had to read two translations. I know people read you like the NIV where it says, um, I'm reminded of your, of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your, and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now, now lives in you also. But I went to the New Living Translation because it has a little bit more pop. Boom, right? It says, um, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which lives in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And then it says, and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. So I think about that generational Peace. We're not going to leave kids money or property. That's things that anybody who's lived a little bit knows that those things come and go. The only thing that's going to last on our children is the word of God. And we have to do that. They get bombarded all the times. They get, they, they're put in situations that you don't even know. When I talk to the young people on Fridays, constantly. Sometimes it could be even bullying at school. Um, they're getting challenged on their faith. But if, like, the people that were, like, the parents that were praying here before, if we don't take that mantle and we let them know and we don't instruct them and we don't let them know about the word of God, the world is going to smack them around. But I tell you, if you pray for your children, if you read the word of God, like it says, when as soon as they wake up in the middle of the day, in every situation, the Lord wants us to imprint that in their hearts. And um, it's, it's about legacy, the legacy as Christians, that's what we could give our, our, our kids. It's, it's the word of God. And I want to just end with a, with a picture. Um, if they could um, put it up. Yep. So when I think about legacy, if you see, that's my mom is to my right. My great-grandmother's in the middle, and that's my grandmother. And then this is my family on the left, my dad and my mom and my wife and my, and my daughters. Um, I think about my great-grandmother. So I had a lot of conversation. My great-grandmother was born in 1909. She lived to about 106. She lived, she lived to 106. She died in 2015. Um, 1959, she went to Puerto Rico. In 1967, she landed in New York in Washington Heights. In 2015, she, she went on with the Lord. And I put this picture just as an illustration of when you have three women, and I, I didn't put my grandfather, but my grandfather was also a big influence in my life. And I could see how they pass it from generation to generation. I think about three things when I think about my, um, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother. I think about women of faith who put God always first. Women who were dedicated to their family. And third, hardworking. I've never seen women work so hard when it came to, like, making sure that everything had to be taken care of. 
So those are the three things. And as, as I end too, and then the, the input that, the, my, that my dad had, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, was that my dad just, he loves the word of God. I've never seen somebody just constantly read, always in the word. And as children, your children are observing you. They're observing you every move. Like somebody said earlier, allow us, and I think it was my sister Ty when she was praying up here. She's saying about like, allow our actions to reflect the God who we serve. Because they're going to they're gonna, they're, they're gonna learn more through, about our actions. And I'll leave it with this that I, as we transition to the next part of this service. You might be sitting there. You might be saying, well, I don't have a legacy. You know, my great-grandmother wasn't, you know, wasn't a Christian. And when I look at this picture behind me, it's five generations. You're saying, you know, like my grandmother was, didn't serve. My parents are not observing the Lord. But it has to start somewhere. It can start with you sitting here today. It can start with you that are watching online. There's, there's not an excuse. God wants to start it with you, that you have a strong relationship with the Lord, and that through your relationship with God, that you could take that and pass it on to your kids. So don't look at it as like, I don't have a, 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 a grandmother or, or my parents. The people who've influenced me the most, and one of my uh, closest people to me, like I see a person who no one, and, and, and that's my wife, like, seeing someone in her family, she's the first one to be saved in her family. And seeing the great impact that she has. It, the Lord, we have to start somewhere. And I want to leave you with that as, as my thing, as a, as a parting words. Do not allow the enemy to tell you that it cannot start with you. It can start with you. It's going to start with you because you're here today. And I say it as an act of faith that it is going to start with you. That your gener the generations of generations are going to be blessed through you through the things that God is doing through your life, that, that you're already written in the book. God knows us, and I'll leave you with that. And, and God bless you today. You guys look beautiful out here today. And thank you for allowing us. Again, we're celebrating our young people here at church, taking over the service, and we're so happy. And um, we're going to be transitioning to the next part now. As um, Pastor Ramesh is going to be interviewing two parents from our church, and I'm going to ask her to come up. Again, thank you. Thank you for um, allowing me to just share a little bit with you this morning. God bless you. It was, as I listened to everything that has going on this morning, all the messages, all the preaching through different ways, through dance, through um, sing, songs, uh, Wilson's words, uh, came to mind a verse that... Um, that is very dear to me, and it says, it's in Deuteronomy, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. What a beautiful promise. He will keep his covenants to only my children? No, only to my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren? No, even to a thousand generations. Our God, Lord is, he is Lord of us, he is Lord of our generations. He knows your generations already. We don't know them. I don't know my great-grandchildren, and I may not even know all my grandchildren, you know, some will, can come up, you know, in, in the near future. 
But he is the Lord of the of thousand generations to those who keep his covenant. So that's what today is all about. It's about keeping covenant uh, with, with God. And uh, today what we're going to do is imagine that we are in a living room and we're going to have a conversation. It's as simple as that. That really takes all the nervousness away from it. You know, we're just going to have a conversation uh, about parenting, about our children, And, and as I said before, here we have in the same order, uh, Diana, Adrian, Jeanette, and Wally. And welcome. You are very brave people, and they are people who love their children, love their family. Most of all, they love the Lord. And, and so we are so happy to be able to, to have this conversation with them today. So why don't we just start, uh, they know your names already, but maybe uh, saying something about yourself, you know, your children, maybe one of each couple, uh, your children, how long you've been uh, members of our church, uh, something very simple, just to get to know you a little bit. It's not on. Let me make sure that the others are. Is, is, is there a green light there? Okay, good. Good morning, everybody. Um, me and my wife have been attending CLJ for 11 years now. I can't even believe it. 11 years. And we have four beautiful children. Uh, Adrian, he is 14. Liliana is 12. And we have uh, seven-year-old twins. Amazing. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, so I've been attending a COJ for 12 years. Um, and during that time, my husband had been uh, visiting um, until um, he gave his life to Christ about three years ago. Um, <laughs> we have four children. Our oldest is 25. Our son is 23, our two girls, um, Destiny, who is 16, and Anaya, who is 12. Amen. Wonderful. So we have eight children between both of you. That's, that's pretty. And two of mine, so that makes 10. That's wonderful. 10 years, 10 children of experience gathered here in this living room. That's wonderful. And could you each... Uh, just mention just very briefly about your experience. We know already about Wally, that he uh, met the Lord three, or you made your covenant with the Lord three years ago. Uh, but Jeanette, could you just, and the others also, just very briefly um, share your testimony of faith. How did you come to the Lord? So both my maternal and my paternal grandmothers um, were Christians. Um, So my parents are Christians, and I started to go to church when I was about 10 years old. Of course, as a teenager, I kind of went a different way. But as an adult, due to, you know, things that I experienced, circumstances, the Lord called me back. Um, so I've been serving since. Mm -hmm. And yourself, Adrian? So believe it or not, I'm a graduate of CLJ. And I say I'm a graduate of CLJ because I've gone through the discipleship classes. I've gone through the uh, finance classes. I've gone through the, the marriage classes. We, we helped lead the marriage classes a few years as well. Um, and it's just been a blessing to, to, 
to follow God. You did premarital counseling too. We did right? premarital <laughs> classes with you. And uh, 11 years ago, I came into church because my wife pushed me to come here. Um, and <laughs> and truthfully, when I came in, I, I, I thought about it. I'm, I said, I'm going to do this for my wife, not knowing what blessings were ahead of me. Um, and I just think about all the great things he's done in my life that um, I would have never imagined he put me in the places that he has put me. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you. Diana? So I would say that I've always been a follower of God. Um, I've always loved the Lord. And I wish my mom is watching right now because she is, she has been such a blessing in my life. Till this day, like I tell her, I'm like, mom, thank you. Thank you because of you, I love God. And I think that throughout all my life, I had this love, this deep, deep love for God because my mom always pushed us to go to church. She was a single parent. Um, we were seven of us. Um, and she would always go to church. She would always take time to, you know, pray with us and read us the Bible. And we would just like have like small Bible studies um, between us. Um, and so she then ended up finding um, Leon de Juda, um, which she fell in love. She brought us over here and then she forced us <laughs> to um, attend youth group, which was very impactful in my life. Um, and I truly enjoyed. Um, and then, you know, I came out pregnant at a young age, stopped going to church, um, then met my husband, and then decided, hey, we have kids, and we need to go back to church. Like, they need to know who Jesus is. Amen. Thank you. Every generation has its challenges in terms of parenting. Uh, I remember that when, when I was a teenager or a, a young child, it, the pressures were very different than they are now. I have a sister who's 16 years younger than I am, and even then I could see the difference in terms of challenges uh, in society, uh, you know, everywhere that, that, that made parenting more difficult, in, even just 16 years later. And then I had my children, and, you know, the pressures that they had are different from the ones that you guys have today, you know, uh, raising up your children. Uh, could you just speak to that, to what are the challenges that you see uh, today? It could be just one or two challenges that, that make you become, that force you to become very alert to what's going around them. So, I think I can say for both of us is social media. Yeah, a lot of times... Bring the um, microphone a little closer okay, so we can sorry. hear you better. Um, a lot of times growing up in our times was totally different from my kids. Social media, like she said, plays a big role where they have access to a lot of things. So it's helpful and it's also hurting at the same time. Um, it's, it's how we teach our kids to gather the right information, trust the Lord to put into our kids and guide them the right way. Um, which is very, very important, especially to these young, young kids that are coming to, becoming adults. They're, it's a lot harder for us um, seeing our past and try to compare to their future and what they're going through. But with, with God, he helps us uh, uh, to deal with all those situations. 
do, do you have any, how do you manage that? How do you manage social media? Because I know that immediately a lot of people went, hmm, that's my problem too. Um, I think for us, it's basically monitoring our kids, but also having conversations with them, teaching them what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. Um, I think for us too, in the youth group, Wilson knows that a lot of our kids communicate with one another. So we have like this watch guard where we are constantly you know, checking them out on their phones and things. What and is that? What did you say? I call it watch guard. We're watch, watch guards. Watch so guard. if my kids are on their, on their phones with another parent's kids, that parent is monitoring the phones, making sure they're having appropriate conversations, etc. Um, but we trust our kids to make sure that they're making the right decisions, but at the same time, we're parents, right? So we're going to make sure that we have conversations with them, we monitor what they do, um, but most of all, like I said, is trusting that God will place in their heart that conviction um, that when they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing or watching something they shouldn't be watching, that they recognize that. And do you have any rules uh, in place in order to, you know, uh, instead of solving a problem, uh, anticipating the problem, are there any rules, any limits that you put on social media? There is. Um, so... <laughs> so for them, for certain apps, they can't uh, download it on their phone unless someone else in the family has access to it. So like my husband is on every social media platform. He's their friend. I, I bet they love that. <laughs> <laughs> he's their friend. Um, so he's able to monitor what they post and things like that. And if they try to uh, create another page, he finds it really fast. Um, so those are the types of things. They know that school comes first. Um, they need to make sure they have their homework and things done before they can actually sit there and spend time on the phone. We do try to limit their time, although sometimes they're a little sneaky, but um, we have access to their phone. They don't know, but we do have access to their phone. <laughs> they probably well, now, know now. now they know. <laughs> um, but that's, that's pretty much it. So it's, yeah, it's important. So what you're saying is that you are involved in that Super process. Involved. You're not assuming that they, I mean, they, they could be wonderful children, but right. there are real dangers and there are people who want to harm them. So right. we need, you know, just to, just saying, well, I trust the Lord and he will take care of, of that is not enough because he has given you the authority and the wisdom to know what to do, right? And, and that's right. what God expects of every parent, to be vigilant to exactly. everything, any influence that's over them. Right. Yeah. Adrian and Diana? How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, where can I start? There's so many different challenges. I feel like um, our biggest challenge being a young couple um, is, one, having four kids. Um, and just two, there's no manual to being a parent, right? So we don't know what is right, what is wrong, you know, what, what, what the consequences should look like, you know, um, when they do do something wrong. We just have no idea. And I feel like, you know, we do, you know, go to the Bible always and make sure we're reading the Bible so we can, you know, kind of familiarize, like, what does God want me to do? Um, and so I can say that our biggest challenge was when we adopted um, our twin girls. Um, so we adopted them, family members of my husband, and so they came with a lot of challenges, right? Things that we had no clue. So on top of that, we was 
young parents of a now 14-year-old and a 13-year-old, we also now had to deal with, now God decided to, chose us to be um, these twin girls' parents. We've been their parents for about five years. And I think that when they came to us, now it's just like we started all over again. The challenges were one of our twins has cystic fibrosis. So she has a chronic disease. And so I feel like very quickly we had to learn, like, what is cystic fibrosis? How can we help her, you know? Past history was that she used to always be admitted to the hospital. You know, she spent more time in the hospital than she actually spent at home. So it was just like such a big shoe that we had to fill. And so like immediately we started studying and thank God she hasn't been to the hospital in five years. Um, she hasn't been admitted, thank you. And, and also they, you know, like my older kids, it's very easy to be like, oh, they, they're like that because of their dad, you know, or she's like that because of her mom. But these girls came with challenges, you know, challenges from the past. I mean, they didn't know Jesus. Their family didn't know Jesus. And so we had to kind of teach them from the beginning. And so I feel like, you know, we still struggle at times, but God is so faithful. And he pushes us through and he helps us every single day. Mm -hmm. And we're learning every day. You know, and the challenges doesn't stop, but God continues to be faithful. Amen. That's that's a beautiful story, and uh, so, and the importance of community, right? That when I when you were talking, I thought of how important it is because what you miss, somebody else uh, is there to. When you were mentioning that you didn't know all the answers. Not, you can be 80 and not know all the answers. Uh, so it's, the important thing is to know where to find the answers and, and to rely on a community of people who have been there before that can come alongside you. That's, that's what church is all about. You know, it's, it, yes, praising the Lord and, and growing in Him, but it's also about you know, horizontal relationships. And, and I think being part of CLJ, it's actually allowed us to meet a lot of great people that can support us and are following the steps that we are following. And it just makes life so much easier when, when we have so many other people that are our backbone. I mean, that's a blessing. And, and, and I know there are many older people, you know, of my generation, maybe not as old as I am, you know, the 50s, the 40s, that are, are more, they desire to have a connection with younger couples and to invest and impart what God has given them. So, you know, I, my, my prayer is that God use this community in that way, that there will always be someone that you are giving to or sharing life with, and because it does there is a, a wonderful fruit from that, you know, so we should never underestimate the value of community. So thank you. Thank you for reminding us of that reality. And there is um, Deuteronomy. Uh, I think uh, Wilson mentioned this verse. I'm going to read it, and it's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 to 7. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And those are words that were spoken uh, by the Lord uh, more than 3,000 years ago. And they are as true 
then as they are now. You know, they, they, they're not out of fashion. Those are wonderful words. It's, it's almost like um, uh, we talk about the, the, the commission, you know, the, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, the, the Great Commission. Thank you, Sam. The Great Commission. Uh, which means, you know, bringing, uh, discipling all, all the people. But this is almost like a smaller version of it or a more direct, specific version where it says, you know, disciple all your children. And these were people who were in the middle of the desert. They didn't have the resources that we have today. But still, they were expected, like that verse says, talk about them, about, you know, the commandments of the Lord when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. So the question, the, the obvious question is, because it says impress them on your children, is how do you impress the truth of the gospel that are eternal in your children? You know, uh, it, it, you know just general strategies that you might be using at home, uh, simple things, because I know you, you said you, are, you have four, you know, two teen, teen a teen, a preteen, Little ones, you know, it's, it's a lot of, uh, the demand on your time is, is amazing, right? It's, it's stretching you to the limit. So how do you, you know, both couples, if you could share briefly, um, how do you impress on your children the word of God on a practical level? Um, for me, I would say that in everything I do, I place uh, God above um, all things. Um, they see me praying uh, I'm always talking about Jesus to them, bringing them here on Fridays. We live far. We live almost an hour away, so we commute here every single so it's Friday. So it's a sacrifice. It's you're, a sacrifice. You're telling them this is important. Right. This is how important it is that, you know, we're going to take this hour. We're going to drive every single Friday. We come here on Sundays. Um, you know, I, I stand on the – we both – stand in the gap for them and continuously pray for them. And they know that. They know that we are always praying for them. Um, we never stop. We never stop praying. We never stop uh, telling them that we believe that God has great plans for them. Um, so I think for us is, is communicating to them how important it is to have a relationship with God, but for them to be able to see our relationship with God. Um, the blessings that God has uh, poured upon us. They can see it themselves. Um, the fact that my husband recently had surgery and, of course, you know, um, I'm, I'm the one that kind of does everything right now, but they see that I don't stop and I know that my strength comes from God. So it's being an example. We're both an example in their life of how much we love the Lord and, and how we serve him. So it said that someone said that more is caught than taught, right? So they're right. seeing how you live life in the Lord. Right. It's not just us telling them, you, you know, you have to go to church or we want you to have a relationship with God. But it's more so how is our relationship? Are we actually walking the talk? Um, so that's, that's how we do it. But. So, you know, uh, thinking about how we interact with the kids um, in that aspect, uh, my wife, she's been a great inspiration, especially through this surgery, and I thank her a lot uh, for putting up with myself um, and all the aggravation up and down. Um, she's been more of a blessing um, than, than I can even say. 
the kids have been very helpful. And I think the Lord making me go through surgery um, has opened up the kids' eyes and see the things that I do, as well as uh, the extra work that Jeanette's doing as well, um, just to get over the hump. So they have been more involved, asking me without even asking, do you need anything, Dad? Um, I got it. Um, so seeing what Jeanette does has triggered something through them. And God has helped them help me because it, it, it allowed me to, to see them and, and say, wow, just when I thought they was getting away from us, he wheeled them back in through my surgery. So, it, you know, it, it, it opened up the eyes, and I'm like, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful. It's, um, they're just, they're wonderful kids. Um, just like every kid, they're normal. They're, they're, you know, they try to get away with certain things, but it's, it's how we interact with them and teach them what's right from wrong, being able to see what they see, but also let them see what we see. A sign of a healthy family is service. You know, when you see family members serving one another, that's, that's the spirit of the Lord right there. You know, in, because like you say, it's, it's more than the actual help or assistance. It, it has a deeper meaning of, of love, of, of, you know, being together, of, of you know, having, living the covenant. Right. So it's, um, that's a wonderful ex uh, illustration. So I'm, I'm on the same boat as Jeanette, where I have to drive um, 45 minutes to go home and come back on Fridays. And I joined the CLJ leadership team with the youth. Um, but last, this last semester, we just went through Discipleship One. And one thing that I realized is that we have to be intentional. Like on Thursdays nights, I would get together with Lily and Adrian and let's go do the lesson. Let's do the lesson. And we would go through the lesson. Sometimes they didn't want to do it, but... Um, the Lord wants us to be intentional. Mm -hmm. um, and when we are intentional, he just blesses us in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Amen. I think I would say that they have seen how you got so involved in church. This is a man that I pushed to come to church. <laughs> now he's doing more than me in church. <laughs> um, so I think that the biggest thing is them actually seeing their father. There's not a lot of fathers actually going to church or the kids seeing the actual man of the household seeking God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been so impactful for the kids, but in general, my son. You know, he's a teenage boy and he's watching his father. Every Thursdays, let's go, sit on the couch, where's your work, read the verse, you know, let's go on Friday. He's seeing his father, how he's commuting, he goes to work, he pick up the kids 45 minutes away, then he brings them back to church. So just watching that has been amazing. Well, wonderful. Thank you. And um, in terms of vision, when I, I know that you cannot do parenting vision-less. You have to have a vision of, of, you know, you have a vision for your marriage, for your family, and for your children. Could you... Um, Share with us very briefly about what is your vision for your children. It could be even one child in specific that God has told you something about that child. I know when our youngest daughter was born, um, the Lord told me, 
that she was going to be a worshiper. And that's exactly, God gave her a beautiful voice, and she is, it's every time, every day she gets up, that's the first thing she does, she worships the Lord. Uh, so, you know, sometimes God tells us things like that about our children. It could be a natural gifting that you know that God is going to use. Uh, or it could be just believing God about a promise that he has made for your children. So could you just, just one example of what vision do you have for your children, in general or specific? Um, we've discussed this before, and I think that, you know, for all of our kids, we want our kids to be on fire for the Lord. But there's one specific child who God has blessed her with, the voice. She has a beautiful, beautiful voice. Um, and I want her to understand that God has given her that gift, but he wants her to use it for his glory. Um, so I think that's our vision is for our kids to love the Lord, to serve the Lord, um, but also to use the gifts that God has given them for his glory. Thank you. So I think about the picture that Wilson put up of his family and his grandmother and his great-grandmother. I think about how I'm the first generation that decided to follow God. Um, Adrian Lily, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lex, I want to see your picture up there with your family, with your husband and wives, and your children following Jesus. Amen. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, is there maybe one of you can share a verse or a Bible story, you know, very briefly, of, that is, has been a guide for you as you raise your children? Something very simple. I'll keep it very simple. Everybody in, that's done Awana remembers John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everybody could be saved believes and in have him, eternal life. Have eternal life. Mm -hmm. And I think about that. And I think about when I started learning about God with them, it made me realize that I'm learning with them, beside them. Mm -hmm. um, and... We need to continue to do that throughout their whole life. Amen. That, that is so true. We are also learning alongside them. You know, I'm, I'm in the grandmother st stage, and I hope to be in the great-grandmother stage someday also. And, and there is learning never stops. We need the grace of God at every second of our parenting. And many people here don't have children, but that doesn't exclude you. You know, you have uh, nephews, nieces, other, you know, neighborhood children, children at church, and you might, you know, get involved in Awana. So this, the, the legacy that, we, that you are building as parents is also a reality for anyone. It doesn't matter. We don't not necessarily need to have children in order to... to make it possible for new families or new children to have to take the promise of God of, of being a co in covenant for a thousand generations, right? That's the idea that it never stop, never stop, that it will continue one after the other after the other. And Diana, do you want to say I, something? Yeah, add quick something? verse. Yeah. Um, so this is in Ephesians 6.4. It says, very simple, nurture them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm. Amen. And there's a discipline and discipleship. They have the same root word, right, which is uh, to learn. So it's, it's sometimes we, we, as parents, we think of discipline, discipline, discipline. But we need to relax on that and do more 
think more of a broader term would be discipleship, disciple them, which discipline is part of, right? But, it's, but discipline is not the big umbrella. It's discipleship. And that happens, it needs to happen at home in order for us to have children who love the Lord. I, I read a statistics that 80% of children learn about the Lord and commit to the Lord uh, uh, under the age of 14, and it happens in the home. So it's not church, it's not with friends, it's in the home. So that's a, a very important thing to, to remember. So let's, why don't we close in prayer? Um, Jeanette, can I ask you to, to lead us in prayer, and then I will end. And, and, the, and then after, after the worship team can come up. Sure. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for um, yesterday, for the great time that we had in youth service. Uh, we really felt your spirit present. We know, Lord, that you are working amongst our youth. And we know, Lord, that you are preparing us each and every day as parents to be bolder, to stand in the gap for our children, to, to reclaim, Heavenly Father, um, our children's walk in faith, Heavenly Father. No matter what the world throws at us, no matter the influences of the world, we believe, we know, Lord, that you are powerful and that you are above all things. Help us as parents to be patient, to be understanding, but most of all, Heavenly Father, for us to be example to our children. Uh, we do have to discipline them, Lord, but you have called us to be nurturing and to be patient with them. We know you, your plans are greater than the plans that we have for them. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that our children, um, that seed that has been planted in them will continue to grow, that they'll be on fire for you. And it will be them sitting here one day uh, talking about their passion, their love for you, uh, them being disciples for you, Lord continue to bless our youth group and and not just this weekend but lord for them to continue to know that you have blessed them so much um, with the opportunity to be able to give you glory through the gifts that you have given them thank you for all the leaders that were involved this weekend thank you heavenly father for this congregation for opening its doors to our youth and giving them a place to to be able to express themselves and to be a voice among so many voices. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And thank you, Lord. Thank you that today, today, you are raising up Davids and Samuels and Jeremiah's and Deborah's. They are among us, Lord, today, today. That's what you're doing. Uh, we, we reject any notion that all is lost, that the dangers are too much. We believe you. You are the God of thousand generations, Lord. We, we embrace your promises today, and we present to you these precious children and youth, that they be raised up to bring the standard of hope, of love, of your word to this generation, Lord. And we know it's going to happen. And use each one of us for that purpose, Lord, that no one says, I'm, that I'm not called to. We are all called to invest in this generation. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.